No maximum contract extension for DeAndre Ayton. Trending that way for weeks. Official today. Got a guest joining me to break it all down, including Landry Shamit's surprise extension. All of that coming up right away on Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credential media member covering the Suns the past five seasons, and your host here every single morning. Thanks for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Every single morning, follow the show on Twitter if you don't already, at Locked On PHX Suns. And of course, follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. You can follow our guest today at Darth Voida on Twitter as well. John, it's been a while. I don't think I've had John since we switched over to video, but no better time than the present with Suns basketball just a bit away. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me back once again, Brent. I think the last time we actually spoke uh, was about DeAndre Ayton, and we were talking about what our expectations were with yeah. him relative to his uh, the playoffs. <laughs> we're on the other side of that now, and obviously there was extension day, and a lot of people aren't happy. Yes, uh, some dissatisfaction among Suns fans, uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, We'll get into all of it. No extension, as I said at the top of the show, for DeAndre Ayton. An impasse between him and the front office, between him and this organization. And uh, no no deal at the deadline today at 3 p.m. local. And uh, surprisingly, a four-year contract extension for one Landry Shamit. So we will get into that, of course, as well. $43 million coming his way after the season as part of an extension to his rookie contract. Very much under the radar there, so we'll close the show with that. But yes, DeAndre Ayton is the news of the day, John. Um, Look, I'll give you the floor. I'm curious what you thought of it. I think it might be best for us to kind of People know my position for the most part, I think, but set the stage and then uh, we might have something to debate because I'm not, I I doubt, I don't know if there's any two Suns fans that see this fully eye to eye. So I'm sure we will be able to find our, uh, our disagreements. But what, what, what was your reaction when Woj tweeted, not going to happen, no deal. And uh, this all got shuffled over to next summer. Uh, I think my initial reaction was kind of like, ah, shucks, this sucks. You know, again, for podcasters like you and myself, you know, it, it, it's good because it gives us something to talk about the entire season. But as a Suns fan overall, like, I'm disappointed, obviously. Uh, I can see both sides of the coin, if you will. I'm not blind to either uh, art argument when it comes to that. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, d- disappointment's probably the what I bathed in today. When I the news came down and you're like, okay, you know, of course, we wanted him to get the deal. Not necessarily... Uh, for the the money that's involved, but for the security that that provides, for the the fortification of the culture that James Jones has built here thus far in Phoenix. And when that doesn't happen, there become chinks in the armor, and all of a sudden doubt creeps in. And we know that doubt can be a scary thing, especially when it comes to the Phoenix Suns and this organization over the past 15 years. So having that doubt creep back in, negativity comes with it. And Twitter's a good thing to just stay off of. You know, yeah, you can follow Brendan and myself on Twitter, but you know, it's try, try to keep positivity in your timeline because there's a lot of negativity out there today. Yeah, that's honestly like the place where I do feel uh, the most like emotionally charged about this. Uh, maybe it's just being able to detach myself from the the fan brand a little bit more than some people are able to. But 
uh, it does suck for DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the reality of it. I mean, we can all bicker, and, and sports are such a weird thing where you're talking about somebody's pocketbook like it's uh, like it's not their pocketbook, and it is. I mean, it's a, a guy who came into the league and probably, you know, for better or worse, probably shouldn't have said this, but did tell us right up front that, you know, being able to make a lot of money for himself and his family was a high priority for him, and he's having to go into a season where he doesn't have that certainty that he'll be able to do that. You know, that sucks. That Like, there's no other way around that. Um, and I guess that's the place that I come down on it a little bit differently than what I've seen out there as well, which is um, it kind of goes along with what you were saying of, like, you do it because you want to basically show the appreciation for what he did for you, right? And, and you're paying everybody after this magical run, and you got to show them that you believe in them and and paying them is a way of doing that but I don't necessarily worry I I think the message it sends is something I want to get into but as for the actual reaction from DeAndre Ayton and and what this sort of means for his immediate future there were a lot of people I think worried that he was going to be you know this this Woj and, and Wendy report that we'll talk about in a second as well is like he's unhappy and I see a lot of people you know wow it's over he's gone he's not going to be able to you know mend mend things with this organization. I actually think DeAndre Ayton has proven that he does thrive in these types of circumstances when there is that doubt and that external motivation. That seems to be what he's risen to the occasion for. The bubble this past season, all these times when people have been like, wow, you know, the Suns are really doing something big. Can he be part of that? He's answered yes. So I actually don't worry so much about, you know, DeAndre getting emotional or detaching or you know, not bringing the energy level. I mean, I worry about that from with DeAndre sort of anyway, <laughs> but I don't worry about it more now. Does that make sense? No, 100%. You know, he's a guy who, when the odds are stacked against him, he typically performs. And, uh, you know, you, you see him play alongside Chris Paul, and Chris Paul motivates him, and, and he's going to keep him locked in and focused. And maybe this is, okay, prove it to us, kid, and, and you know, you can get your bag at the other side of that of the season, and he's somebody who, again, like I agree with you there. I don't think that we're going to have any issues. A lot of people are like, well, he he wears his emotions on his sleeves. And if that's the case, then we're going to get kind of up and down DeAndre. We already got up and down DeAndre. Like that's the regular season with DeAndre. This is per, you know, perhaps an opportunity for him to be more locked in the entire season because he's trying to consistently prove his worth to the organization and to the rest of the league, quite frankly. You know, I think that this is very much a John Collins situation going back to last season in Atlanta where he didn't sign the rookie extension. A lot of people thought he was going to be gone. He was trade target, yada, yada, yada. What happened? He ends up signing the extension uh, this offseason. And, you know, they, they put him kind of in a prove-it situation for the same reason I feel like they're putting DeAndre Ayton in a prove-it situation. He is a tertiary option at best on this team offensively. You, you know, you go th- kind of through all the different teams that have their their primary or secondary scoring options are max centers. And outside of Denver, that that's the only team that has that. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of sense and business sense when it comes into taking a look at the DeAndre Ayton situation and go, okay, from a business standpoint, what are the Phoenix Suns thinking? What is Robert Sarver and James Jones thinking by not extending him? How does it benefit them? And from a business standpoint, if you take the fandom out of it and you take the passion out of it and you truly look at his value on the market relative to his position and his productivity versus 
what you know he he's looking at and a lot of people are looking at they're looking at the 2018 draft class as you know his peers well not necessarily those are peers at different positions and different productivity and different expectations different usage levels different you know scoring expectations yeah. you know so i mean if from a business standpoint i can understand where the suns are coming from yeah there's a lot of people probably listening and I, I tend to, I mean, I, I've said, this is what I've said from the jump. Since the initial Woj report that the talks were not necessarily going great, that Aiton wanted a max, that the Suns didn't want to give him one, and, and things were at sort of a crossroads, I've basically said they're both right. I think that Aiton is right to feel like he just proved everything he needs to prove, and the market dictates that he should be able to get the contract that he is asking for, that big, full max. And I think the Suns are right to say, well, you know, We've seen it for a few months, but we've also had you in this organization for three years and we haven't seen it consistently. So I think they're both right. But I think there's also people listening um, that are that are saying, why on earth should I, you know, fan X in Gilbert care whatsoever (laughs) about the business sense of anything? I like DeAndre Ayton. I like it when the Suns win. I don't care about the millions of dollars here or there, the cross T's and, and dotted I's that may or may not be there. Why do I care about that? So what do you say to those people? Because I think there's a lot of people that are upset that it's like you just put this magical run together. It was some of the best times of my life as a Suns fan. And now it's already in jeopardy just because you weren't willing to just do whatever it took. Well, it's it's real easy to spend other people's money, isn't it? You know, I mean, the Phoenix Suns, multi yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean that that's what we're all doing. We're sitting there, like, oh yeah, give them the max. It makes sense, but you know, from a business standpoint, if if you take a step back and you take off your son's hat, your son's fan hat, and you put on just kind of like a common sense business standpoint, you know, if you had an employee who had a you know, they were okay. They performed well last year for the first three quarters of the uh, of the the year, and then the fourth quarter they had a solid fourth quarter. You're not going to instantly go, you know what, I'm going to pay that person as much money as possible, as much as my other consistent guys who've been doing it, not only for this past year, for the but for the past five years, you know, the Chris Pauls, the Devin Bookers. So just because they had one good quarter last year doesn't necessarily mean that you need to pay them the most amount of money. They might want it. They might want it. They might expect it, but it might not necessarily, from a business standpoint, make the best business sense. So, you know, I say to those fans, and again, I'm... You know, I, I preface this all by saying I think DA should have got the money. You know, I, I think you said it very well, Brennan. They're both right. And it's it, it's okay for it to be that way. You know, DA wants his money and we want the Suns to give him the money. But at the same point, they're not, you know, the Phoenix Suns, that is, isn't they're not just gonna go and, and give people money because we want them to. It has to make a good business sense for them moving forward. Maybe they think that this will motivate him and you know and we're going to get a great version of DA that's really going to push us to a number 1 seed and and or you know win a championship this year. This could be a tool to motivate especially with the the veteran leadership alongside him who can can, can take James Jones message and download it to him constantly and consistently anytime he's you know fumbling passes or or making you know play not Duncan, you know whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. we you know, yeah. but they're, they're, hey, that's that, that's why you didn't get your bag, you know, and they can use that as a motivating tool. Yeah. We don't necessarily know the intricacies on the inside of the organization, uh, but everybody just needs to relax. You know, <laughs> I think that, you know, it's I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers out here, you know, but everyone just yeah. needs to take a step back and go. Yeah, it sucks that he doesn't get them got them get the, get it on the front end for the reasons I mentioned at the top of the pod. You know, from a culture standpoint, we feel it's a chink in the armor. But at the same time, like there's a reason why they didn't reach a deal. There's a reason why it's not. It's not stubbornness. It's not because they're trying to, you know, 
do things that are, are going to frustrate DA. It's because from a business standpoint, they didn't think that the asset allocated that they didn't need to allocate that much of money to them. So, I mean, yeah, let's get in. Let's get into the why, because we did get some details on that front from Adrian Wojnarowski and ben, uh, Brian Winhorse over at ESPN uh, about an hour or so after the deadline. Um, so let's do it. Let's let's dive into that. First, though, a quick word from Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone just like me and John trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. It's as quiet as an electric toothbrush doing all that stuff, and it doesn't just feel good. It goes to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun trusted by 250 athletes and professional sports teams, including the Valley's own DeAndre Hopkins, as well as hundreds of thousands of customers all across the world. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at $199 by going to therabody.com slash locked on right now to get that discount and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. Okay. Brian Windhorst, ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski, report. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, the details of that deal. We'll talk about that here right away. Thanks again for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. Um, John, so the details here that I think stand out uh, this passage. Phoenix now faces an uncertain future with Aiton. The Franchise Center is unhappy with the franchise's consistent stance to his reps that the organization simply didn't see him as a max player, regardless of what his peers in the 2018 draft class had earned, um, as well as this one. Many executives league-wide expected the Aiton-Max deal would be complete in short order this offseason, and now his possible emergence in the restricted free agent market could impact how teams navigate salary cap space next summer. Throughout the conversation, the Suns' stance had been consistently had consistently been the organization didn't believe Aiton was a max player, a value assessment that's been met with surprise elsewhere in the league. So that can't make things seem much better. I don't think fans read that and feel too great. What do you make of those of those uh the, the responses that this generated around the nba god I, I again i feel like aaron Rodgers just relax you know like so where do, where does brian winhorst and adrian warjanowski get the majority of their information from the agents right that sounds like sure. a release from an agent trying to dictate a story about you know why the deal didn't get done and moving forward it, it, he can utilize it as as you know some leverage that Again, I think that when DeAndre Ayton made his statement last week uh, about you know the deal, and it, again, it sounded something that was kind of rehearsed from an agent to you know downloaded to DA to say to Dwayne Rankin when he released uh, you know that statement. So you know, again, I think that this is DA's DA's trying to because based on what I've seen from DA, and again, I don't I'm not super close to the situation, so I don't know. But as a fan, you know, watching from where I watch from, uh, you know, he's a very happy go lucky guy. He's uh, you know, kind of funny, and so when he ha- when he has these you know kind of quick statements that sound like this, and then it's almost reflected in this this Warjanowski piece. I feel it is somewhat agent driven, so I'm not overly worried about it. I think yeah. that it is interesting that it says that this could dictate how contracts are structured moving forward in you know the upcoming off season, and you know that could be a good thing or a bad thing for the Suns. We'll see how that, that works part out. to me actually did feel more like 
the agent part. It's like, oh, you know, teams are going to start looking, mm-hmm. you know, like that one, that part did um, very much strike me as another leverage play, which, uh, you know, strike while the iron's hot, I guess, because there is going to be now months where nothing can change because this deadline is the last time until free agency opens next year that anything can really be done. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like one last punch toward the organization on the part of Aiton's camp. And I get that. The other part that jumped out, I think, to everybody and is, I guess, where I'll make my next rant. And it is the other part of this that I do not understand is this quote. In recent weeks, Phoenix raised the concept of a shorter maximum contract deal, perhaps over three or four years instead of the full five years, but never never formally made that offer or broached the idea again, sources said. So what I... I mean, this story argues with itself, I mm-hmm. mean, at, at the end of the day, because it says that the Suns held steady that they do not see DeAndre Ayton as a max player. Now, max, to me, obviously, you're talking about a total sum of money. Five years, $172 million is what Ayton was eligible for with potential escalators if he were to make an all-NBA team that could go to $207 million. That's the deal we've been talking about. So, of course, like, that lump sum is part of the calculation if you are Robert Sarver, if you are James Jones, and you're looking at your cap and your total cash flow and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, when I hear max, I hear the amount of money you're paying somebody per year. That's the bottom line. So the amount of years being anything that would be that would matter makes absolutely no sense. Why would you consider a maximum contract over three years if you just straight up don't think he is talented enough to earn that amount of money? Why does it matter if it's three or five? That's what I don't get. And at the end of the day, what I keep coming back to with both sides, the fact that Aiton would not budge from that max and the fact that the Suns seem to have at least some willingness to to bend more so than Aiton did, is it's really just about respect. And I think when you're talking about paying and you're talking about money, at the end of the day, you're talking about respect. I mean, everybody that listens to this show knows I cover the WNBA and it's an endless conversation about pay in that league because the players do not get paid enough. And it's not simply that they don't make enough money to put food on the table for their families because many of them do. It's the fact that they make a disrespectful amount of money relative to what they accomplish every day and the amount of money that they can make for their teams and the companies that they represent and et cetera, et cetera. DeAndre Ayton is just simply saying the respect that I'm owed as a core part of this team, as a person who got drafted at the same time of a bunch of other mm-hmm. hundred millionaires all, all around the, 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 the league right now means that I just, that's what I'm going to get. And so you have to give it to me. And I think the Suns are basically disrespecting him. I think he sees it as disrespect. And the idea that they were going to be comfortable with three instead of five and the, the dancing around just really enforces that to me. No, I, I agree. I think that DeAndre definitely feels disrespected. I don't know necessarily if the Suns truly disrespected him for the reasons I said earlier. You know, it's you have to look at his market value relative to his position and the expectations of that position versus looking at the 2018 draft class and saying, you know, because I mean, those every one of those organizations is in a different situation. You know, Michael Porter, he he got uh, you know a nice lump sum of money uh, because he's the second option now with Jamal Murray gone, and you know they expect him yeah, to do that. that you that's know? the one I can't get around. I mean, if you're DeAndre Ayton, you can't tell me you wouldn't look at him getting that money with a back that you're not even sure is going to make it through 2022 Mm -hmm. and hardly any statistical output to speak of as an NBA player and not feel like what on God's green earth is going on here. I was a starting center on a team that was two wins away from a title. That guy got 
embarrassed by our team two months ago. Yeah, and again, it's, it's different, different, <laughs> yeah. different front offices value different things. And again, you know, uh-huh. in James Jones, we trust, and I'm going to continue to kind of beat that drum because from a business decision standpoint, it might be the right move not to pay DeAndre Ayton the max money because he feels he deserves it. They might have had a set number with that they were flexible on and said, hey, we can navigate within the confines of these numbers, but we can't pay you max money because – you know, short-term greed, long-term greed. The short-term greed is you're happy right now, but the long-term greed is this could cripple the organization moving forward. Now, again, this is where I think that, uh, you know, DA should have got the money because come 2025, when you know, which will be part of this uh, contract extension, that's when the NBA is going to get, you know, just juiced with a bunch more media money when they redo the TV deal. So it's like you could almost get them on a bargain by paying for a max right now. So when the third year of his five-year deal hits, you know, all of a sudden it's, it's a really comfortable contract for the sun so you know that's why i just i don't understand and and to your point you know the, the dance they're pl- they're playing between the three years and the five years and you know it's like yeah max money's max money i've got to pay max money next year for him you know i don't know yeah. if it's sarver not wanting to pay the luxury tax for a year because essentially it would be a year maybe two years where you'd have to hit the luxury tax with all these guys who are coming that's my in. point is that's happening if it's three or five the, exactly the, the time when you'd be worried about the luxury tax is right now when chris paul is still on the books when jay crowder and campaign and some of these smaller shorter deals are currently on the books you don't need to worry about the tax five years from now. So, like I saw Damon Allred, uh, who's been on this show a couple times, Bright Side of the Sun writer, tweet that his hypothesis was like that would be the point in time when A, the money would be at its, you know, a, a bigger level, and B, it would be when Chris Paul is probably not around anymore. And maybe mm-hmm. they feel like Paul is such a, a clear ingredient in why Aiton has been successful that you don't want to risk that future where you know, Booker and Paul, or I'm sorry, Booker and Aiton become your best players. And and maybe that's really where they would get worried. But I don't, I just, that's what I don't see. So I agree with you. Like, like I said, they're both right. And so I don't necessarily agree flat out that Aiton got disrespected by not getting the deal. And of course, what I want to reiterate is at the end of this season, he will become a restricted free agent. This does not mean Aiton is leaving the Suns. This does not mean that you know, there's no chance of a deal happening. He could sign the exact same contract on July 1st or whatever it is of next year. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, no harm, no foul. Also, just because I've seen some people talking about a trade and the fact that now this is going to piss him off so badly he demands oh, a trade. Um, ask Ben Simmons how that has gone. It's just <laughs> not a thing that's going to happen. And also, I've said this from the beginning, too, because this was in the initial Woj report a couple months ago, whatever that was. The idea of playing on the qualifying offer, absolutely not. Don't believe that that's going to happen. No player has ever done that. The closest we ever got was Kristaps Porzingis, and he was in the middle of a sexual assault scandal, and he played for the Knicks, and it was a nightmare. And that was, and it still didn't even happen. So that's not going to happen. DeAndre Ayton is either going to play here at the end of this contract for a new extension or a new contract after this rookie deal, or he's going to play for another franchise. I don't really see another version of events maybe a sign and trade if things got terrible but that's far far down the road so i agree with you john calm down right i mean at the end of the day this is not doom and gloom this is not the end of the world well yeah he's still on the roster and he's still you know like you said it's a restricted free agent situation next year so if somebody offers him something we can match it as well so it's like he's on the books for the next two years potentially so everybody just needs to you know, relax again. We wanted to get it done because we didn't want a chink in the culture. And outside of that, you know, it's it, we're going to we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. You know, it's the story of the day. It'll be the story rolling throughout the entire season. Every time 
DA doesn't have a good game. We're going to be talking about how, oh, it's got to be because he's upset because yeah, he didn't get I'm the money. I'm already exhausted. Yeah, I'm already exhausted of it. You know, the, the, <laughs> we, start, we start the season in two days. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, it is it is going to be looming. It is, I think, at the end of the day, too. You just have to be honest about things if you are a Suns fan and say, this was brought up. The, the fact that the debate is going to continue, A, got brought upon because they couldn't come on come to terms on a deal today. It also was brought upon by the fact that this franchise has a well-earned reputation for playing these situations in a dicey way. So we're going to continue to talk about it. But you talked about value. You talked about future, the salary cap boom, and all the things that may or may not happen. That brings us perfectly to Landry Shamit, who I think signed a very, very solid deal for the team and for himself here. Four years, $43 million. So we'll get into that in just one second. First, though, a quick word from betonline.ag, who's back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and even more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action all season long. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile app. Sign up today, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. From basketball and football to NHL, UFC, boxing, and your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available throughout the rest of 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models. It's impossible to walk into a dealer or, heaven forbid, even a retail store, a chain store, and get what you want for the price that you would like to pay. So save time and money and use Rock Auto. Save 30, 50, even 100% on the same exact parts that you would buy at that dealership or chain store when you do it at Rock Auto, when you buy that part at Rock Auto. Family business serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years so they know what they are doing. Prices are reliably low, and look, the website's easy to navigate too. You just type in what you need, type in your car, sorry, scroll down to the part that you need, click purchase, and it's at your door within days. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, closing out the show, John. Four years, $43 million for one Landry Shamit. I honestly will admit to not talking about the possibility of this happening enough on this show. You'd think I do a daily podcast. I could talk about three extensions that may or may not have happened, but apparently I'm uh, a bad at my job. So I have not given my thoughts on the contract part of this and what he may or may not have been valued at much, but I am very much on record thinking this guy's going to be a hell of a fit in Phoenix preseason looked great even though his shots didn't always go down he looks confident he looks like he's going to be a playmaker for this group and this first year of this contract is less than the mid-level exception he's going to be making less than Jay Crowder is right now when this contract extension stick kicks in after this season how do you not love the deal I absolutely love this deal. I'm a huge Landry, Landry Shamit fan. I mean, for anybody who follows brightsideofthesun.com, I'm pretty much already starting my my fanboy status there. Every article I write has a little nod to him because uh, I just think that he is a fantastic player. He's, he's exactly what the Phoenix Suns need. Uh, and you look at this deal that got done today, and I think it's such a good deal for him. It provides him stability. It gives him a little cash in his pocket, and it's also very beneficial for the Suns. So, you know, if, if we run into that situation in which we need to upgrade the team and need a contract to make that happen, 
you know, 10.8 million a year, that's an ideal amount of money to kind of ship out for a bench player, essentially. So he's happy, the organization's happy, and we as fans are going to be happy with how he contributes to this team because he's not going to have to play a lot of small ball forward like he was doing with the Nets and the Clippers. You know, they had a lot of times he'd be playing that small ball three coming in off the bench, and it's it, that, that's not what he does. He's, he's our J.J. Redick. You know, he's somebody who played with J.J. Redick. He's, he learned how to come off the curls. He can shoot all day. And now you're, you know, he's coming into this season happy. I think the timing obviously kind of sucks because everyone's looking at DeAndre Ayton today and then the wrong 2018 NBA draftee got some money. But, you know, I don't care. In, ten, in three weeks, we won't even remember that and we'll just be happy because uh, Sham, wow. There it is. Uh, yeah, so courtesy of, of David Nash at the four-point play um, with – his guesses of what the deal will be. It's 9.6, 10.3, 11.1, 11.9 million. And at the end of the day, I don't know how you couldn't, again, just feel incredible about that. Last year is a team option as well. Courtesy that's, that's courtesy of Michael Scotto of hoops hype. And again, I I've compared him to Seth Curry, obviously JJ Redick, another type. I just think he does have a little bit of that, that passing and playmaking juice and uh, size that most guys like this don't necessarily have. So he is, I think, a fairly unique player. I think he'll be really good. I think he'll benefit from having more size and versatility on this team than some of the other ones he's played with in the past. I don't know what happened with him in, in Steve Nash's rotation last year where he was not getting consistent run, and then he's all of a sudden out there having to play a lot during the playoffs. It was not a good situation for him. I think this one will be. They're getting a cheap role player, makes the rook makes that that draft night deal look even better that you're getting five years basically of Landry Shamit instead of a rookie project that you may not you know know what's going to happen with Javon Carter goes over there as well but uh, I think it's going to be really awesome yeah last but not least though I think we do have to address I think that there I don't think the money is similar I don't think you you shouldn't have done a Landry Shamit deal because you didn't do a DeAndre Ayton deal like these things happen separately from one another. I get that they're related because DeAndre is going to look at this and just say, like, I have earned the respect, that buzzword again, of this franchise. Landry's been here for two months. What the hell do I have to do here, right? But at the end of the day, too, I think, like, it shouldn't cause a problem. It shouldn't cause a problem, and the money's different. Like, I think Aiton is smart enough to realize, I'm asking for $172 million. Landry got 43. These things are not related to one another. So I, I do think he'll probably see it and, and kind of have some feelings, but I trust everybody to just be an adult, and, and if Aiton plays his butt off, then, you know, this won't be a discussion next year. Yeah, I mean, it's apples to oranges. It's, you know, it's different players, different roles, different contracts. You know, again, just the optics of it from a fan standpoint, you know, you're sitting there, you're, you're, you're recovering emotionally from the fact that the Suns didn't move forward with DeAndre Ayton. Now you're like, oh, Landry Shamit got paid. Now, again, to the average fan, they might have seen that wrong, but I was like, hell yes. Like, I, this is one I wanted to get done, yeah. uh, you know, knowing that we're going to have him for an extended period of time because it's just, it's a need that we've always had with the Phoenix Suns is backing up Devin Booker. So when he takes a seat and can get some rest, we have a consistent offensive attack. And it's just, I mean, a, another way that the Suns can beat you. And by locking him up, it just, uh, I'm elated. I just, I absolutely love Landry Shamit. Yeah, I think he's going to be, you know, he's comfortable. Like I said, he has the relationship with Monty Williams. He's already shown he's going to fit into this system. I think the other guards on this roster, he fits perfectly with. 
They're all young. He can grow with these guys. He can be a, a part of the post-Chris Paul solution, in my opinion, part of a rotation when they start to move on, whether that's Cameron Payne or some other player around the league. I think Shamit can be a core piece for a long time, even after Chris Paul is gone. So I, I love it. I think you love it. And Suns fans, maybe, again, like me, we're not necessarily thinking about this one too hard ahead of time, but I think he'll prove it starting uh, probably this week, how, how valuable he's going to be for this group. So uh, that'll do it. Um, recap show, put this one up right away Monday evening. Hopefully many of you guys check in then. Otherwise, have a great Tuesday. And we are one day from when, uh, from Tuesday, well, when most of you will hear this, from Suns Basketball. I'll have Jacob Padilla help me preview game number one. I've never had him on the pod before. That should be a fun one. So enjoy your Tuesday, folks. Check John's stuff out over at Bright Side of the Sun. Follow him at Darth Voida. Suns Jam Session podcast as well. And uh, that'll do it.